Welcome to On The Rise Podcast with your hosts, Sam and Evan. Hello and welcome to On The Rise Podcast. My name is Sam Donzik alongside my co-host Evan Brown. We're going to start in the MLB today regarding George Springer who has been diagnosed with a mild concussion. The team is hoping he will be medically cleared to return early next week. How does this affect the Astros lineup? Because they, I know they do have a backup in Jake Marisnik. How does, like, and you know, he only has really, he's not a, he's a solid backup but only really has nine home runs and 61 hits through um, 257 at-bats. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that on that injury there and how does that affect their lineup? First of all, that was a scary injury. You see all these players making like incredible catches, running into the wall and stuff like that, but you yeah. never see all the time the repercussions of that. And right. this, this shows like it can be dangerous running into those walls at high speeds, right? Pe- yeah, people don't really understand. Like people when they watch the catches, they're like, "Wow, that was such a good ta- like catch on like you know like they watch on a Sportsnet or TSN or like in the TSN like Sportsnet top ten and stuff like that." But they don't realize the repercussions of yeah. running into those walls because yeah. some of those like. Like, they're hard fences. They're not, like, a soft yeah. padding, like, maybe, like, how Kevin Pillar is making all the catches, oh, yeah. like, in the Blue Jays. It's a soft padding. Like, it's, a, it's sometimes it's a hard fence, you know? Yeah. Like, so I think and definitely, even those, like, yeah. Even those catches Kevin Pillar made, the diving ones especially, you're just landing on flat ground. You're basically flopping onto concrete. That hurts. That does not feel good on your body. And sometimes it can knock the wind out of you. Sometimes it could, like, it can have major repercussions. You can break an arm, maybe, depending on how you land. It's all dependent on how you land, right? Like... If if you land in an awkward way, then you're you're done for, right? Like, it's it's all depend. It's because so many players practice this nowadays, where they're taking fly balls and almost preparing for those in like preparing for impact. Almost they're they're learning how to make it so that they don't get hurt. Right? It's basically like you're a stuntman almost because like yeah. like you know like how like in the movies and stuff like that they practice how to do stunt falls and how to prepare their body to how to land properly that's why they practice that like why they that's why they practice uh catching those balls and stuff like making those diving catches because a lot of times when they go make that diving catch into the back wall or even like even it's reaching out and you're like reaching out like in your you land on your arm or your elbow yeah. wrong and it's just, it's a, yeah. it's a tough injury to watch and especially so i think this does it doesn't really affect it does affect their Astros line, like the Astros lineup in a way, but I don't think it takes a big chunk out of it because I do say Jake Marisnik as a, a solid backup for them yeah. in the outfield as well. They do Maybe not the backup. numbers in on regards to the home runs and you know the hits and the at bats and the on base percentages, yeah. but it's a in the outfield. It's yeah. not a. He's big played with them loss, for a couple yeah. seasons now. Mm-hmm. He, they know what to expect of him. He's a good. He's the reason they have. That's the reason they have him in case one of their big guys goes down. He's their backup and he's going to be solid backup. I'm concerned, though, to see how long George Springer is out for. That's the question because they're really not sure how long he's going to. A mild concussion, you know, and I definitely think these teams do take consideration of concussions very serious because, yeah, you know, like, if sure. you can see like high school kids, you know, they, they get concussions, you know, they they might not listen to the doctor fully. But when you're a professional athlete, you listen you, to the doctor to. because you're getting paid the big bucks to be back out there. So I definitely think. And I don't think they're going to rush him. That'd be the worst thing I think a no, team could do. For is, sure. And they're not going to rush him. Especially when the to, playoffs coming up. Right. Yeah. Like they want to make sure that he's going to be properly uh, prepared to return. So it's definitely interesting yeah. that to say in return possibly early next week. That could be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. maybe around then. But I still, uh, yeah. even if he is like medically cleared at I don't that think point, he's, he's not going to be 100%. He doesn't, though. he doesn't play right away. No. There's no way they'd risk with the star, with the star caliber talent that he has. Right. There's no way they're going to risk that, especially like, especially how young he is. He's a really young player. So mm-hmm. that could like concussions can affect you for the rest of your life. Right. Concussions. Like, no. And then I think the thing with concussions as well, once you have one, 
you're more prone to more. Exactly. So I think when you have a, even if it's a mild concussion, let's say he comes out, like, let's say it's late October. He, you know, they're in the playoffs, you know, whatever it is, ALCS, like, yeah, whatever it is, you know, they're in Even some World series, series yeah. yeah, World Series, whatever, and he goes to make a diving catch, and he may, maybe makes like a light hit to the wall, but because he's had that mild concussion, and maybe they come and, he, he, and he came history, ba- right? and he came yeah. back a little too early, or he wasn't fully fully ready. He's gonna maybe possibly go out, and they could be out for the rest of the season. That could be like exactly. game one loss in the World yeah. Series. So that's why they're very considerate about, about this injury in regards to when he is gonna return to the lineup. So yeah. I think it's very interesting and very important for teams to look at that as yeah. an example for the other big stars that with injuries as well. Then yeah. and they they're they're gonna protect him as much as possible. And then with Aaron Sanchez, and uh, who was just announced that he's gonna be done for the season, that's another big loss for them. He hasn't had his greatest season like what he's had in the past with the Jays. Yeah, but still, that's another experienced arm at the pen right like he's a good pitcher and he can throw hard and maybe what's best for him if he even comes out of the bullpen in the playoffs as like like say your starter gets in trouble early if you bring him in you know he can give you innings and you know he can pitch like throw hard right and maybe that like lighten say he only pitches three innings then he's going to be throwing harder right he's going to be more effective for those three innings because he knows he's not going to be pitching a full game so i think that like hopefully the astros can minimize the amount of time that they're like out or that george springer is out yeah definitely but like as long as they don't lose him for the rest of the playoffs and make sure that he's okay before he comes back that's that's what's going to be key yeah they want to make sure that he's going to be medically cleared and also physically not like medically it's like you know it's like a doctor's going to take like yeah he looks good you know but he has to say it i think that like that's the big thing with injuries in regards to player a lot of times the doctor might say yeah he's medically cleared because the team owner is you know coming at him like not saying it's always the case but sometimes i feel like that is the case where like the owner of the gm's like hey tell him he's medically cleared because we need him back in the playoffs like exactly we need need him back in like especially with other sports especially more more in football really is the big thing but in baseball it's not so much but i feel like they really want to be careful with this injury based on the fact of the repercussions that it the ripple effect that it could have in in the future yeah especially with the playoffs coming up soon already lonzo ball uh some nba news lonzo ball admits to saying that the zo2s were trash having to switch shoes every quarter saying and this yeah so apparently this was an interview i think somewhere on some uh, radio, radio station or something, saying he actually had a backpack full of shoes. He had, like, some guy, and there was about three other pairs or four pairs in him, and every quarter he switched, which I think was interesting because he told, I think he uh, he told in the interview as well, he called Alan, who used to be the, for, yeah. the former uh, board member, said, hey, these aren't ready yet. Like, w- yeah. I just want to get your thoughts on that. Like, do you think they rushed the ZOTs in production? ZOTs oh, well, in production? for sure. With, with all the hype that had, that was around Lonzo Ball at the time and, like, getting out those shoes to for him for his first game, right? It right. made like they wanted they wanted to show off his star talent. Like if like you see you don't really see that side of the NBA either, right? Like you don't see the behind the scenes stuff of like equipment breaking and stuff like that. Like when Zion fell in the in college there and broke broke his Nikes, that was like that was something you don't see that often. And uh, with Lonzo saying that, like actually coming out and saying that his shoes were not good, right? Like for those few games. Uh, in the pre production. The people that bought them were like, whoa, what? Exactly, <laughs> right? Like, like, maybe they realized the it's same not good thing. But I, like, it, it's just not good marketing for your own signature. Yeah. Like, you're the player of the signature soon saying, yeah, my shoes are trash. Like, basically, yeah. they rushed them in production and stuff like that. Because, of course, and the thing that he said in his interview as well is that he wasn't just going to switch. You know, like, he, he had all this hype and he had to wear them. He, like, yeah. he had to fight yeah. through the pain. And I definitely know what you mean. Like, when Zion's injury, like, with the, with his, yeah, it was the, 
What shoes was he? I think he was wearing Nikes. Nikes, yeah. Nike shoes where he had that, like, that rip runner shoe. And it's just not good for Nike, like... Like all the companies ever, like even For on sure, Twitter right? and stuff like, like that, like Under Armour and like like or Air Jordan were like, oh, our shoes would never do that or like yeah. whatever it was, and you know, kind of ripping on them. But it's just not good marketing, especially when no. your own person, like who makes the shoes, yeah. like yeah, they were trash basically. Like Lonzo's own brand, yeah, Lonzo's own brand, the Zo twos. And the question is, what about Lamelo shoes? Are Lamelo shoes affected Ooh. as well? Because we don't know about that because they were they were yeah. made from that same kind of well, they're made from the same company. Like and they were, they were manufactured. So if anybody bought those shoes, if anybody saw the prices on those shoes, they were ridiculous. They for, were. It was ridiculous for a pair of shoes. Air Jordans weren't even that much. What, it was like five hundred dollars for those things, oh, even man. more than that. Like Lonzo was, and Lamelo's both shoes are really expensive, and like you can get a sign. I'm pretty sure I saw that for thirteen hundred bucks, you can get a signed. Yeah, thirteen hundred dollars was the signing pair. Yeah, in a, yeah, in a special that's, shiny case, which I thought was hilarious. I'm like. That's if ridiculous. you're an idiot that buys that, I'm like, that's just a waste of money. Like $1,300, like maybe if it was like a signed Air Jordan, like 11s, you know, yeah. that'd be like worth it. But like ZO2s, like signed. That, like, Especially because you don't know what Lonzo can turn out to. Like yo, everybody had concerns going going into his season, correct? Because you know he's not the best shooter. And mm-hmm. you can always, there's always that possibility of a bust, right? So why would anybody buy that in his rookie season, right? Like you're making, you're making huge bets that he's going to become the greatest player of all time, basically. To get any sort of resale value on that shoe. Now on that topic, Zion Williamson has been looking at getting a signature shoe for the 2020 All-Star Game early, early as the 2020 All-Star Game. The question is, does this new story breaking out affect uh, Air Jordan's topic? Like obviously it's a different, it's a different whole different, you know, Air Jordan has like really quality shoes and they're probably not going to like have an issue. But it's going to be interesting, like, in the fact that maybe possibly Air Jordan is going to be considerate about the quality and that they're going to make sure that this shoe is properly built. For sure. Like, to 100% Air Jordan quality. Yeah. And another thing is that, like, the fact that those shoes were breaking, that's dangerous, right? If that if he broke his shoe on the court, you could have another Zion issue where he could like, tear an ACL or something like that, yeah, right? Yeah, like a serious... Like, yeah, a serious uh, injury could possibly like I remember like watching that uh, like that Zion like the like the, the clip the, yeah the clip whatever that from college or whatever and seeing that how he hurt himself what happened to Zion because if you switch and choose every quarter when did that rip was like was it near the end of the quarter how big was it like we obviously don't know the full story of yeah. it because you know like we weren't see we weren't seeing there behind the scenes but how much of that info like obviously not all is gonna be legal like yeah like they were clearly ripping like he's just yeah. gonna say they were trash he's gonna like be very yeah. generic with it obviously to protect yeah. himself he's you know when the zeo the big baller brand has kind of gone down really the big baller brand has completely gone down. it's completely almost. gone down it's really like flopped zion's kind of like i mean no no not zion uh lonzo lonzo's kind of like he's gone over to the pelicans now or yeah he's, yeah, he's, he's switched teams he switched, switched teams yeah to go play with right? zion you know and stuff like that so he's kind of gone off the map as well when i think yeah. about it so this kind of does really the zeo to this comments about it really uh, I'd say really shows the fall of the big baller brand and the fall yeah. of Lonzo Ball's career. You could say possibly, mm, maybe I know like his career, but I'm saying it. It looks like you know, like with his shoes failing, him going to a, like a smaller market team other than LA. Going the fact that he's released more songs than he's hit so- free throws last year. <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here. But I'm just hoping that Zion doesn't make the same mistake as Lonzo in the sense that he doesn't like release his shoes too early right if he goes into it plays the all like say he makes the all-star game and drops his new shoe which he clearly will because apparently everyone's just like loving him and everyone's gonna like like him really vote him, vote him in yeah. yeah but if that happens and then the shoe breaks that's terrible for his brand like terrible air for jordan, his air jordan will just terrible like it will just air be jordan terrible 
uh will terrible rep for them as well like and, terrible and the meat. risk right yeah. like what if that injury happens again like he had in the college playoffs right like that could be terrible for his career you don't know what could happen with that right it's all that's just life right it's but yeah it's really the it's unknown tough. with those shoe issues as well because if that does happen like you know let's say he makes the 2020 all-star game they make a signature shoe they release it for that weekend he wears it for like you know the dunk contest he goes up for a dunk, dunk contest too he goes up for that a dunk breaks, you know so, um like you know it breaks or whatever he goes up to land on his plant like it is something slips or whatever you know like it gets something like something like that and some a major ish a major injury could come from that yeah. which could affect the pelican pelicans you know playoff push as well then and on that front i don't think he's going to be in the dunk contest as much as people <laughs> want just because the reason no big stars really go into the dunk contest is because they know if you can if you mess up then you're hurting your a your career and you might actually hurt yourself too like physically oh your ankles are like your acl mcl anything exactly like they're always at like, risk yeah. that's mm-hmm. why you don't see any big name players so i think like everybody wants to see zion in a dunk contest obviously because he's one of the most athletic players in the league right now but that would not be a smart decision for him i don't think because you could you don't know the risks right that's just life you don't want to you don't want to have to go through that risk some big signings in the NFL side of things, as uh, both Ezekiel Elliott and Jared Goff signed uh, new contract extensions. We're gonna we're gonna first talk about the uh, Ezekiel Elliott signing a six year, ninety million dollar extension, adding on to his two year prior deal, which was making him a rookie contract was around seven fifty two thousand dollars. And I think this is, in my mind, it's a bad deal for the Cowboys because Ezekiel Elliott is twenty four. If you know, so let's say he stays to uh, this whole eight years, you know. He might down the road in a couple of years, he could have a bad injury and he could be sit, you know, like sitting through and getting all this money still in this contract. And the Cowboys are like, well, what are we going to do now? Because he's on this big contract. Like he's he's through a contract through the next eight years. So it's not like, yeah, they can like, you yeah, know, 2026. Can, yeah, 2026. So they can, you know, like release him or, you know, trade him or like it's going to be a lot of and they wouldn't trade him ever, even if he was a, even if he goes through a couple of rough patches because they want to keep him because he's yeah. their franchise player, I would say, between. Yeah. Also, along with um, Dak. Dak Prescott, so I think it's it's too much for the Cowboys for in regards to years. It's good for Zeke because he's clearly overdue in his value. Like he's clearly yeah. worth more than seventy fifty thousand, and I think he's worth that fifteen million in my mind. He is a top three running back in my mind. Yeah, along with sure. I, I, I yeah. can get it behind. He, that. He's yeah. a top three running back, so it's a good, it's good for Zeke to get the money that he is worth. But in my mind, it's a bad deal for the Cowboys in the years that he's adding, like a six year extension uh, on Pride. You can disagree if you want. Like I, I want to yeah, get your thoughts. I think, on that I, I think I'm going to disagree with that because I think I think the six years is perfect for the Cowboys. I don't think maybe 32 is a bit on the older side when it comes to thing uh, when it comes to running backs. But a salary cap is going to increase throughout the years, so it's not like like the contract he's on now. It might go up a bit, but it, like for what it's worth in a couple of years, we don't know what running backs could be making in six, eight years from now, right? So that could actually be a contract, a good contract, and maybe he does play until he's thirty-two and he's really good, right? Yeah, we don't. It's it's really the unknown. I'm just saying, like possibly, and I don't want him to get injured. Like I'm not saying that, oh, no. but it's like yeah, because he's an excellent running back. I would love for him to be dominant for many, many years and see him be a great running back that he is. Because like like a lot of people, you know, have some hate for him you know because he's a cowboys player and you know all these different and the incidents that he's had and like you know like i can see why that is an issue but i would love like i just think that possibly there is that possibility a few years down the road maybe 28 29 30 maybe he does get an injury now obviously the the cowboys have an excellent offensive line they always care about their quarterbacks they always care about the running backs i don't think it's gonna be an issue it's a possibility that i'm looking at him possibly getting injured 
So I think it's definitely, yeah, a possibility. Like well, a possibility, yeah. now they have now all the Cowboys have to do their next move has to be Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. Like that's the biggest that's the biggest question mark now. They, they got yeah, rid they, of yeah they did re-sign uh, Lane Collins for yeah. I think a couple of years and another it was like a fifty million dollar fifty million dollar extension as well. So they re-signed their left tackle Lane Collins, which yep. is good to protect the quarterback. And then next thing is also Dak Prescott. Yeah. I mean, like, well, we were not going to get that in today. Obviously, you know, him wanting a little bit more yeah. than thirty million. I think there was along the lines of thirty four million dollars that he was pushing for per yeah. his agent, which I think would be. Like, I don't know. I feel like I'd be pretty happy with $30 million as a quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think $30 million is good enough. Like, obviously, you know, he wants to be higher paid than, you know, certain other quarterbacks. But it's like, I'm pretty sure $30 million should be good enough for a like a 20, like when he's 26. Like, yeah, like he's, a, he's young. Yeah, he's a young quarterback. I don't think more than that. Like, But so, I think what the Cowboys brass is doing, really, like, they're doing really well in the fact that they're making sure that they keep their O-line together. They're making sure that their O-line is really good so that they can protect Dak in the long run so they can re-sign him. And now they got him back as running back, right? They have Zeke. They have him for a long amount, uh, long amount of time. So therefore, Dak, if they, if they push a long contract with Dak, that they could presented to him as hey we have ezekiel elliott your favorite top running back for the next six eight years this is that's their selling point right they can say hey we have a good o-line we can protect you and we're gonna pair you up with one of the best offensive players in the game right they can yeah they can go into that meeting with uh dax agent and dak prescott saying listen we've spent a great deal of money signing your favorite re-signing like yeah like extending your like you're like securing your favorite running back also re-signing really your protector of of glane collins um like his left tackle which is this actually the second highest paid position on a team which is i find is interesting um uh so i think definitely going into that meeting it's going to be like you said a selling point in a way that they can convince them saying hey listen like sign with us like he's he's an unrestricted free agent next year he could go anywhere next year he's only making two million a year two a little over two million this year yeah i'd say he's due for a little more than that he's definitely due for more than he's he's worth more than that he's the second highest winning quarterback since 2016 other than tom brady Mm-hmm. Second most wins. Good. Second, no, second, yeah, second most wins other than Tom Brady. I'm pretty sure I was released for uh, it was like CBS Sports or something like that. Released it, and I found that pretty interesting. I was like, yeah, because yeah, they had that really good breakout season where they exactly. went 12 and four or like 13 and three or whatever, and they were like exactly. top of the NFC and stuff like that. And then of course they got beat by uh, the Eagles. Was it? I think yeah, it was the I Eagles. Was yeah, the they Eagles. got shocked by the Eagles. Yeah. So I think I think he's definitely in in regards to that topic. He is worth a long term deal because I yeah. definitely think he's going to stay healthy behind that good O line. Then yeah, Dak is currently 26. So yeah, he's 26. If they sign yeah. him for roughly the same amount of time as Zeke. That's going to be huge for them. If they he's going keep... to be the same age, like 31, 32, around that area. Exactly. Yeah. If they yeah. can get him for a long period of time, then they have their top quarterback and their top running back paired together with one of the better O-lines in the league. Through for... the next eight years, yeah. Exactly. That's huge for the Cowboys mm-hmm. in the future. And I think their defense will only continue to get better as they... Cause... Once they have that offensive locked up, then they can focus on the other side of things and winning the championship. At some Are you point. talking about uh, quarterbacks in general? Jared Goff signed a four-year, $134 million extension, locking him through the 2024 season. I like this extension because Jared Goff is a really solid quarterback. Yeah, he's He made it to the Super Bowl. He, well, he only scored three points. People did say, you know, he sort of choked in the Super Bowl, and I'd say, well... I could say that, but I feel like it was a big team loss, really. Like, it, yeah. like everyone played crappy in the suit. Like, they, it was a 13-3 to 3 score. Like, yeah. maybe if it was, like, a higher-scoring game, you know, he threw away the game, then I would say. But I think he wouldn't choke in the suit. Like, Tom Brady didn't play that that well either. So, when no. you compare that to him, I think he's a very good, very good young quarterback that is worth this money. And I just want to hear your thoughts on his quality. 
I think, yeah, this contract is really good for the Rams. I think now that they have him and Todd Gurley for the next few years, I think that's going to be a really good duo for the Rams. And it's going to be interesting to see what they can do. I think they can make it back to the Super Bowl again at some point and maybe push for that title again. And like the, the interesting thing I found about this contract is uh, this contract now makes Goff tied for the third most paid quarterback behind Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and Ben Roethlisberger. Mm -hmm. Those are some pretty big names out there. And those are some pretty high contracts. So that puts him with one of uh, like... Elite company, you could say. Elite Elite, company, Elite company, I would say, definitely when you look at how much money he's making and, you know, the success that he's had. The rookie season was tough. We all looked at that. And we kind of looked at that like we weren't really sure because it's like Jeff Fisher clearly was not the system, like was not the right system. And a lot of people do say he's a system quarterback. And what that basically means is, well, he relies on the coach to basically tell him everything. Like he doesn't really have a pure talent, which I think would be wrong because, well, it's a quarterback coach league. Exactly. So how good would like Tom Brady's an excellent quarterback and I definitely think he'd be really good but how good how much what would be the difference if he didn't have Bill Belichick because Bill Belichick is a mastermind like I know he, he would still be as good he is. but I don't think he would have six Super Bowls maybe he would no. th- I would say three for sure I would say no. three Super Bowl rings yeah but like that's what I mean right so it's a quarterback coach league so when you have an excellent coach you can have an excellent quarterback who's gonna do well because the coach is helping them yes he's like yes you have the talent but I think with a quarterback coach lead you need a good coach and a yeah. good system to help run your offense because that's just how the NFL is these days. And it's, like, and it's working well for them. In the past two years, the Rams have gone 24-7 and seven when Goff's a starter. Yeah. That's big. That shows that he can win for them. And when you look at maybe he didn't have success in the Super Bowl, he still got them there. That was the that was his whole thing. He got them to that to that. That Super was that Bowl. was the hump that he had to get over. Like the like the like the bump. I mean the bump he had yeah. to get over is getting to the Super Bowl, playing Tom Brady was the big thing, really. Yeah. And Tom Brady's not going to be around forever. So maybe they say, oh, maybe Tom Brady's Jared Goff's kryptonite, which makes no sense. But, like, Tom Brady's not going to be around for that long. Eli Manning owns that title. Exactly. (laughs) He owns that title, yeah. I think think in the next few years, you could definitely see Goff leading the Rams to the title because Tom Brady's not going to be around forever and Patriots aren't going to be pulling off miracles forever. So I think that the Rams have that... One of the better chances now that they have Goff locked up for the next four years. I would say in the next few years, I would definitely see a Patrick Mahomes, Jared Goff. I would love to see a quarter, like a Super Bowl. Like, that, that would be an amazing Super Bowl. And I definitely see that in the next, I would say two years or so, that could be a possibility. Two young, high-paid athletic well yeah well really played, exci- yeah really athletic and exciting really, quarterbacks. really really exciting quarterbacks to watch as well then like yeah. it's just really exciting for them to watch and the things they do like of course like patrick holmes with that like you know left-handed throw and the no look throw and all those things yeah. young quarterbacks are where it's going towards yeah when you look at lamar jackson jerry lamar Goff, jackson especially yeah and then of course patrick holmes as dak well prescott. dak prescott young young quarterbacks are coming in this league even well russell wilson's a little older he's been in the league for a little while since 2012 yeah. but he's still a fairly young quarterback he is think about it young. like Compared to obviously Ben Roethlisberger, yeah. Tom Brady, and some older quarterbacks like yeah. uh, Alex Smith, you know, and those I think you guys. could see Lamar Jackson too being one, of, like as you said, being one of those guys that is an athletic quarterback that can run the ball himself really well, right? right? Like the, when you think of Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, you see them as really athletic, athletic superstars. You can see them at like even Kyler Murray. He's a su- uh, he's a multi sport athlete, right? You can see that the quarterback the quarterback dynamic in the league right now is you need quarterbacks that are athletic who can move out of the pocket and who can run it themselves sometimes, right? Like you need that dynamicy with with your quarterbacks with your young quarterbacks, which I think is where the league is going. 
Already switching over now to the NHL, Clayton Keller signed an eight-year total of a eight-year fifty-seven point two million dollar contract. There's around seven point one fifty one hundred seven million one hundred fifty thousand per year. Now, does this set the market for restricted free agents? Because we know Mitch Marner is still a restricted free agent, and he's not a big as name as Mitch Marner. But does this set the market, or is this still kind of like a a smaller? Like, Mar- like I say, like, oh, like, yeah, he signed for that much. But I feel like Mitch Marner doesn't really set that. Like, he until Mitch Marner signs, he sets the market. Would you agree with me on that? He's going to set the market. Uh, I think I think maybe this... I think this Clayton Keller signing kind of starts the first domino. I think maybe you don't see... I don't... Maybe you see Marner. Kyle Dubas has said that he's trying to get Marner pushed before training camp. So you could see Marner in the next week. But which I would be really happy about if they did. A lot, but, of, a lot of Leaf fans would be as well, yeah. yeah. I think that this is just the first stepping stone. I think that this kind of is the tipping point. I think they'll see that Clayton Keller is the first RFA who's signed a major deal. I think maybe, maybe not Marner, but somebody a bit better than Clayton Keller can kind of move forward from that and go, okay, I'm a bit better than Clayton Keller, so maybe I can get a bit more than him. Like eight, nine million, you know, exactly. even ten million. So. I would agree with you. It's not, it doesn't, yeah, I wouldn't say, like I said, it doesn't really set the market, but it's more like, yeah, it would be more of like, it'd be like if you were to throw like a stone into like a, like a river and it'd be like the first ripple, it'd be like the yeah. first ripple and then the second and the third and maybe the Mitch Marner's, domino. yeah, the first domino, like you said, the first marker of saying, okay, this is where Clayton Keller is. I'm a little bit better than Clayton Keller, but I'm not as good as Mitch Marner. So I can kind of find, like obviously Mitch Marner hasn't said, but you can kind of see where yeah. Mitch Marner fits in there. He's clearly the end of that domino pile. Yeah. Like he's, or Brady. At point, the top, whoever, right? Braden Point, yeah, they're they're near the end, but then of course you got these middle more middlemen, you would say, who are around maybe eight, nine, ten, eleven, like you know that market, I'd say. So it, it wouldn't set it, but it definitely starts the conversations of thinking, and it, I'd say it speeds up them as well, saying, okay, this guy signed, maybe we should start looking at what these other guys are like, what are what are restricted free? Yeah, maybe like uh, Matthew to, to Matthew Tuchuk or Zach Rowinski, who maybe they're a bit better than Clayton Keller, but not as good as those high end guys. Say, okay, I can make a bit more than him. Say. They go for an eight eight point five contract, something like that, right? Yeah, like they can go into that meeting now and they have sort of like a starting point. There's a base level of about seven million one hundred fifty thousand, and then you can there's a max of yeah. maybe I'd say twelve million for top players, really. Yeah. For so that'll that set up. age, yeah. So yeah. you have that range of seven to five, really where that is. So I yeah. find that interesting. That'll, as well. that'll set up the eight over eight contracts, which could be coming for Besser. Who knows, right? Like yeah. we don't we can kind of base it off of that for now for going for Clayton Keller, but we we don't really know what the ceiling is for these guys. We hope it's low because we know what guys like Mitch Marner and Braden Point could get. Like some of these guys may not have twelve point five like Connor McDavid, but they're still they sh- still should be up there. They're top young talents, right? But I don't know. Clayton Keller is certainly a start. I think. I think this starts the restricted free agent market, and I think this kind of leads toward bigger things. And I, like I said. I think Kyle Dubas is doing a great job with the Leafs, and I think he's going to kind of start, like, this signing may not, like, help his case entirely on pushing towards Mitch Marner, but I think this kind of sets a basis, like, okay, we can see this as the floor. We can see this as maybe the minimum we can get for Marner, which there's no way Marner would ever sign that deal, but no. it, start, it starts the market, right? So now you can see, oh, maybe Connor, uh, maybe Mitch Marner's uh, a $3 million more plus player, than Clayton Keller is. Say he makes $3 million more than what Clayton He's Keller is. He's like a could. $10 million, 10.1 or 10.2 exactly, million. Exactly, right? You know? They can kind of match it off that right now. And I think that, like, of course, it's going to 
it, it we'll see how all the dominoes fall is really what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah, you still have there's so many different um, RFA's still out there too, right? You have even Provorov, Travis Konechny, Miko Rantanen, Brock Besser. It's it's just one Patrick of the Wine. many dominoes. Really, like if you were to exactly. set up a pile, like there's a m- number of players, a number of restricted free agents that are all kind of domino tiles, right? And Clayton Keller is kind of the end, and then like the start of it, maybe Mitch Marner and obviously Braden points the end of it, and you have all these guys that are just waiting for them to domino effect. And I think Mitch Marner maybe might be the last guy. Or the the Leafs might say, okay, I think we can we can we can figure out a deal. Like he's clearly yep. he's probably like we've we've got a we've got a, something to work with a base to work with, and maybe we can you know find something in the eleven or twelve or maybe ten and a half you know around that region would be a good contract for Mitch Marner. Then now CapFriendly.com says there's twenty two RFA's still yet to be signed. A lot of players, a lot of different teams. Training camps start in the next week and a half. Yeah, how many of them do you think? will be ready for training camp. How many how many will be signed before training camp? How many do I think will be signed? Like it just a Out guess? of 22. Ooh, I would say a quarter of them or like quarter a quarter of them? A quarter yeah. of them? A quarter of them. Like it's like yeah, there's 22, so I would say seven of them. Yeah, cuz this next week is huge for the uh, huge for the like the price market for them, right? Cuz they're before training camp. Nobody wants uh nobody wants to miss training camp, right? That's extra training time that just hurts everybody involved. So teams are going to be rushed to make a deal. We'll see how much people can, how much certain players can make, and how much certain players will are willing to maybe settle on a team discount kind of thing, right? And it, I don't know. I don't think a lot of people will want to miss training camp, but with the way that it's no. looking like right now, a lot of people are because you have guys like Patrick Laine and Kyle Connor on the Winnipeg Jets. The Winnipeg who the Winnipeg Jets don't have that much money on the cap right now. It we don't know how they're gonna fit like how they're gonna fit those players in right now. So either we're gonna see some big trades, or we're gonna see big big signings, or we're gonna see bridge deals. We might just get boring old bridge deals and nothing really happens. So we'll have to wait and see what happens in this next week because the NHL is gonna look could look very different in the next coming week after uh, before training camp. Alrighty, this wraps our discussions regarding the RFAs and the Clayton Keller signing. This has been episode 5 of On The Rise Podcast with your host Sam and Evan. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at Rise Podcast and tune in next week for more great sports content.